research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. My co-pilot seated by my side is Eric Eggers. And Eric, it seems like every day we're getting more news and information about the Biden family and their commercial, let's say, enterprises around the world. We get new numbers, but we also get new facts as to the internal workings of how money moves around and how they try to obscure in some ways uh, Joe's involvement to these entities. And we're going to talk about that today. It, the word enterprise is doing a lot of work. <laughs> uh, some would say scheme. <laughs> right. some would enterprise, say- you're right, you're correct, involves actual work. There's no evidence that they actually perform work for this. Some would right. say hastily compiled arrangement, but no, <laughs> you're absolutely right. And I think that's actually one of the reasons why you know, you've been reporting, we at the Government Accountability Institute have been reporting on the Biden family, uh, Hunter Biden's financial relationships with people like the government of China, um, Ukrainian gas companies, and where Joe sits at the center of these business models and business plans. We've done podcasts before how we think maybe the Clinton Foundation was actually the inspiration for some of the Biden business models in dealing with foreign government and foreign financial sources specifically. But one benefit, since you've been reporting on this for a long time, of Republicans now being in charge of the House is they now have actual investigations, stuff that the mainstream media has largely ignored. And so as a result, we're getting a bigger and better picture of exactly how it went on. And we have emails that now show us the steps the Biden family took to intentionally obscure Joe Biden's role in the financial piece of the arrangement. That's exactly right. And we just had the the recent news from uh, uh, Congressman Comer's House Oversight Committee uh, confirming a financial transfer of a million dollars to the Biden family. That money passed through to several members of the Biden family. And I would just say, I think, you know, that that made some news. And, hey, we have a new family member that was taking money right. fr- via pass through from the Chinese government. And just think about, like, that's where we are in terms of where the story is with the Biden family. <laughs> it's it, it, the, the news is, oh, it's not just the, the Bidens took right. money from China. It's like, oh, there's another Biden that took money from China. Right. There's another Biden. We had the, the Biden five, as we called them, and we laid out five members of the family who were involved in various schemes uh, or arrangements, uh, let's say, that they had uh, overseas. Now we make that the Biden six. Mm-hmm. The Jackson five are falling behind because you now have the Biden six. But here's what's, I think, really interesting about this is if you look at what the Biden position has been, it has, let's just say it's evolved, right? When we first broke this story in 2018, their response to the Wall Street Journal that ran a story on this was, there are no foreign deals, And period. And, and by broke this story, tell people, like, when you broke the story that 
Hunter Biden had numerous business entanglements, including with the Chinese government, had a first of its kind, what grew to be a one and a half billion dollar joint venture with essentially the Chinese government. That's right. Uh, We broke it in 2018 and we showed that they had a series of deals in China. One of them was this private equity firm where Hunter Biden was put on the board. It was funded by the Chinese government and the Biden family in 2018. Their initial response was Hunter has no foreign deals. Uh, Then you remember in the 2020 campaign, this became a topic of conversation. Uh, President Trump brought it up. There were a couple of scattering of of media reports. And Joe Biden then said on the debate stage, you know, he switched. It was okay. He might have had deals, but he hasn't received any money from China. He said that in 2020. Well, now with Congressman Comer releasing these financial reports, Hunter Biden has owned up, sort of. Right. He said, yeah, okay, I did take money, but it was and it was very sort of artfully crafted. He said it was good faith seed money. We should read the quote from the lawyer because it's it's pretty great. I mean, this is why you pay lawyers, right? (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) So, uh, quote, members of the Biden family and you just need to quit casting aspersions on this is all very up and up. (laughs) Right. Members of the Biden family received more than one million in payments from accounts related to uh, the Hunter Biden uh, accounts. Right. So the lawyer said, quote, Hunter Biden, a private citizen with every right to pursue his own business endeavors, joined several business partners in seeking a joint venture with a privately owned legitimate energy company in China. As part of that joint venture, Hunter received his portion of good faith seed funds, which he shared with his uncle, James Biden and Hallie Biden, with whom he was involved in another arrangement at the time and sharing expenses. So I got a question for you. I don't have a lot of experience in business, but I do have some and I know a lot of people that are involved in business. Good faith seed money to me is 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 bogus if you're doling it out to family members right i mean seed money implies you're planting a seed because it's going to grow in other words seed money is to rent office space it's to hire some employees it's to hire a lawyer it's to incorporate it's to get things going passing it out to your uncle passing it out to your uh you know former sister-in-law who you're now dating which is hallie uh passing it out to other members of the family that does not constitute seed money this was a clear pattern through. But this is an important shift because they're now acknowledging that they did have business deals, that the family did profit. And here's the interesting thing we want to delve into today. It's the larger question of Joe's role and efforts that the Biden family has taken to obscure Joe's role. Now, we all know about 2% for the big guy, right? That was about 10%. High, sorry, 10% uh, for the big, big guys guy. were 10, double digits. <laughs> right. He's got to take his fee. And what was that about, right? That was the energy deal where... Um, Hunter Biden was ostensibly the guy involved, but he was going to be, quote unquote, holding 10 percent for Joe, which means they don't want Joe actually listed, even though it's actually Joe's investment stake. And this is key because, as you know, they point out that Hunter Biden was a private citizen at the time. Well, so was Joe Biden at the time. Right. And so I think you raise the question is why would anything need to be set aside for Joe? Why would Joe not be able and willing to receive it? I mean, to 
give the Clintons a little bit of credit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bill took his own checks. They owned it. They owned it. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Like, I'm taking that $500,000 speaking fee from Russia. And we'll disclose it. Yes. <laughs> because yeah. no, I, no, people pay me $750,000 to speak. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I, Bill Clinton, with like that check. Yeah. That's of course, in Clinton fashion, like disclosing it kind of sets the fee for everybody else, right? So you kind of want it to get out. No. And so I think that's actually the key difference. And we talked before about yeah. how the, you know the Clintons may have been the inspiration for the, the Bidens and how, you know, because Hillary was secretary of state while Joe was vice president and the Clintons rather uh, shamelessly took in lots of money for yeah. their foundation and their personal fortunes while she was serving in the government. Joe was vice president. And I think it almost was like we wait till that second term. That's when Hunter Biden traveled with Joe Biden on Air Force Two to China in what became, you know, 10 days later, the birth of their arrangements. So I, I think it's really interesting to look at it in that context. But the point we want to make here is that Joe's, unlike Bill Clinton, Joe's arrangements has always been obscured, right? Hunter right. kind of acts as the front or the bag man for it. And we now have email addresses, partly because of the work right. of the House Oversight Committee, partly because of the work that we've done at the Government Accountability Institute, where we've had access to numerous email accounts from a long time ago. Right. And what it does is it actually validates the reporting that you've done since Secret Empires in 2018 to show, oh my goodness, no, there is no, like the co-mingling is almost too uh, inartful because co-mingling suggests, well, some people go here. It's just all kind of the same money, it seems like. Yeah, it's the same ecosystem, right? It seems to flow around. And the the revelation from Comer's committee shows that, you know, Hunter takes a million. He shaves some off for his uncle. He shaves some off for Hallie. He shaves some off for himself. Uh, and money is fungible. So you have the the 10% for the big guy, which is really an effort to kind of obscure. And I would argue they probably wanted to obscure that because they knew that CEFC, the Chinese company they were getting into business with, was sketchy, that this Chairman Yi had all these ties to Chinese intelligence, the Chinese military. Nobody disputes that. They didn't want it to, to, to come out who they were doing deals with. What you're revealing now is something that our research director, Seamus Bruner, found, which talks about a different arrangement, one that you could argue is, quote unquote, a little more legitimate in the sense that it doesn't involve a foreign power. And yet they're also trying to, in a sense, hide or obscure Joe's role. Uh, and the question is, why would they want to do it in this case? Yeah, so why don't you explain to them what the case is? Well, so I think, and, it, and it's about universities, but it's not just about universities, right? right. Because the Bidens have two centers. What two centers? Joe is such an august <laughs> academic presence that it cannot be contained in one ivory tower. No two are required. <laughs> so right. the Bidens set up a center at the University of Pennsylvania, and they also set up then a center at the University of Delaware. And for these universities, it's good business to be in the Biden business because what happens in both instances is immediately after they set up their centers, both the University of Pennsylvania and the University of Delaware see a massive influx in foreign funding. Right. Um, for in the University of Delaware's case, for the first time ever, they're getting money from China, uh, some of it from anonymous sources, the University of Pennsylvania, double digits of foreign cash also from China flowing in. It's kind of weird. But then again, Hunter Biden is in business with the Chinese government. So it sort of makes more sense in that context. Right. So in August of 2016, they're about to, you know, Joe Biden is uh, transitioning out of his role as vice president. They're getting ready to set up this new thing. And so Biden business associate Eric Schwerin is emailing the family mm -hmm. and saying, hey, here, I've just had a conversation with the University of Delaware executive, and here's what we're talking about. And so the Biden email says this. He's e emailing this to Biden family members. To confirm, 
The budget for the Biden Center is $2.5 million a year for five years, for a total of $12.5 million over the five years. I know there was some question about that. And then he kind of talks about like what they'll do with the money. It says mm-hmm. that money includes salaries, benefits, and operational expenses. So if the Biden Center wants to put a series of seminars that can come out of the $2.5 million, we need to start thinking about programmatically what to do because the whole $2.5 million can't be spent on salaries. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> Major bummer. You, know, you can almost hear like, wah, wah. <laughs> and then this is the key revelation here. And this is where I think you're saying yeah. this speaks to like how the Biden set up in their financial yeah. ecosystem. This is very interesting. Yeah, point four says the counterparty to the memorandum of understanding in Delaware's mind would not be the vice president personally, mm. but could be the Biden foundation or potentially a family member signed on behalf of the VP in parentheses, Hunter or Val question mark. We should discuss who we want it to be. Yeah, that that's interesting to me. And and here's why this is called the Biden Center. It's not they're not naming it because of Hunter Biden or Valerie Biden. They're naming it because of Joe Biden, the vice president of the United States. University of Delaware is a legitimate academic, publicly acknowledged uh, institution of higher learning. And yet they're purposely saying we're not going to have Joe sign this agreement with the Biden Center. In fact, they're suggesting that maybe a family member ought to do it. And my read of this is that Joe Biden, if he were to be a counterparty to this memorandum of understanding, if he were to actually take money and he were party the memorandum of understanding, he would have to disclose it. Uh, And they don't want him to disclose it. So they want a family member to sign on his behalf. That strikes me as very, very unusual. And it fits with the 10% for the big guy, right? We don't want it in Joe's name. We want Hunter to hold the 10% for Joe. It's a way of obscuring the flow of money that could potentially go to Joe or what these commercial relationships are. The best part of this then, so uh, Eric Schwerin sends this email. The Bidens then, you know, after getting over there, shock and remorse <laughs> over the fact that all two and a half million a year can't go to salaries. Right. Like how cheaply can we put on a seminar? Guy? <laughs> Who can we get to do a speech for 500 bucks? And they even talk about how they, you can get sponsors to help defray the cost. On <laughs> like guys, don't give up. We can do this. Uh, but then, so Valerie Biden Owens, Hunter's aunt writes to him, Hunter, hopefully Delaware gets back to us soon so we can make our plans. We need to confirm space and funds available for salaries. Mm-hmm. And those new drapes that JRB will want in his office, XOXO. And that would be Joseph Robinette Biden, the vice president of the United States, wants those new drapes. Right. And who the salaries are for, it's not clear. But there's no indication that we saw in this email exchange that they were talking about people they were going to be hiring um, in these positions. So you can only wonder who was actually going to get the salaries in these kinds of arrangements. And again, as we saw in the case with Hunter Biden, with the million dollars that came in, that Comer's committee released, we know that money gets shifted and moved around just because Hunter Biden was the recipient of that million dollars. It doesn't mean that it all stays with Hunter. It sloshes around the Biden family ecosystem. Right. And so so you got them taking intentional steps to obscure the amount of money that Joe Biden is getting from this. You got the fact that the University of Delaware is privately funded and so not subjected to public information laws. And we also know that the University of Delaware's uh, and, and the University of Pennsylvania's Biden Center employs people. 
that are key to the Biden orbit. So it right. literally is almost a carbon copy of the Clinton Foundation. Yes, that's exactly right. And and so the Clinton Foundation provided a model in a couple of ways that I think are very important for the Bidens and potentially for lots of people in Washington, D.C. Because look, <laughs> when somebody comes up with a good idea for a corrupt arrangement uh, and they can get away with it, other people want to latch onto it. It doesn't matter what your party affiliation happens to be. But in the case of the Clintons, it's two things. It's number one, you create a quote unquote charitable organization, which the Biden Center would be, as was the Clinton Foundation, where you can put family members, you can put friends on a staff. But the second thing that I think is even more significant is the Bidens led the way in what we call the globalization of corruption, Mm -hmm. right? We're not talking about some Wall Street guy trying to get some senator to get regular regulators to lay off. We're talking about American politicians while in office. This is what the Clintons did. This is what the Bidens have done. Their family goes out and seeks money from the most corrupt, dark parts of the planet, meaning places like Russia, Ukraine, and China. These are powerful countries that have adversarial relationships in the case of Russia and China with the United States, and they want things from us. Um, So the Clintons led the way, but the Bidens, to a certain extent, have perfected it because, remember, Bill got the speaking fees. The money that was in the Clinton Foundation, they could certainly hire people, but that didn't end up in their pocket. The Bidens seem to have perfected actually getting the money to go straight into their pockets. And that's why the work that the House Oversight Committee is doing is so important, because unlike the things that the law would require the Bidens or the University of Delaware to disclose, they can now go and they can look at banking records. And that's actually where these revelations are coming from. Yeah. So I guess like does. I know one of the things that you hear quite often, I know the people that are listening to this podcast, people that read uh, articles about this podcast or or watching the video online, you know, they might ask, they say, okay, so what, right? Because we've been hearing about, as you noted, you reported, you broke the story about Hunter Biden's business connections with China in 2018. It's now 2023. Uh, Not only has no one gone to jail, Joe Biden's been elected president. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So so come on, Schweitzer. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. But but you hear that a lot, right? Yeah, we do. We have that kind of outrage fatigue. And so I think it's important to say, listen, uh, we have to elevate the issue. But now that you actually have people in positions of power and influence that care, this is what they can do about it. Yeah. This to me, this is an example of what a voice crying in the wilderness can actually accomplish, because when we first did this in 2018, there were a handful of people in the media, uh, primarily Fox News. There was, uh, you know, some from The Wall Street Journal, uh, a, a few others who took an interest in this story, but nobody officially did. And look how far we've come. In those five years, we know now that after we first reported this about five months later, a grand jury was convened in Delaware. That grand jury continues to meet, which is astonishing to me. Um, If there were nothing there, they would have dismissed the grand jury a long time ago. And we thought stuff was going to come out from there because we started to see the fact that the mainstream media switched that we thought, okay, is right. Is Hunter Biden looking at tax evasion charges? Is he looking at like some actual legal penalties? We haven't heard as much for that, but that has not gone away. It's just right. it's sort of dormant. That's exactly right. That the, the, the grand jury continues to meet. We don't know where that's going to lead, but we now actually have congressional oversight. We were spending our research time and energy looking through Chinese corporate records, looking through financial transactions that were you know publicly available. Uh, and then in 2020, two years later, we had the laptop come and it gave us insight in into what Hunter Biden was doing, who, who he was meeting with. Now, 
with Comer's committee and with the Judiciary Committee in the House, Jim Jordan, we actually have committees that have subpoena power. They can actually go as they are now to the banks, uh, to other entities that were involved in these deals and actually force them legally to turn over records. So that's a huge, huge development. Who's going to jail? If anybody's going to jail, I don't know. I would say without organizations like GAI, this would not have seen the light of day. Nobody would have cared about the Hunter Biden laptop in 2020. The repairman would not have known uh, what he had or what it meant were it not for the research that we've done. So the point is, you've got to be persistent. You've got to keep pursuing these things. You've got to keep um, advancing the story based on facts and evidence. And you can really shape the national conversation. So I think it's one of the great, many great accomplishments that we've had at GAI. And it's going to be interesting to see where things are going to be even six months from now. And I'd say not only is it in the national conversation, it's literally what people are discussing at the highest levels of the Hall of Power in the United States government, right? I mean, That's the right. House Oversight Committee is pursuing this because there is a there there, because they believe that using family members of elected officials to curry influence from threatening and hostile foreign powers is not something that we should just passively accept. Right. And so I think that that's what they can do. And we want to know what it is, how much of it is it, yeah. how bad is it, and what, if anything, can be done. And, and I think it's important because when something like the Chinese spy balloon happens, yeah, it's like, okay, we let it go for a week. But in the context of the fact that your family has these business arrangements with the country that's launched that balloon, right. it matters. Right, exactly. And and uh, the balloon obviously was an important issue and an important story, but we're talking about the first family of the United States that has commercial ties with these Russian, uh, sorry, these Chinese military linked entities. And Hunter Biden's lawyer, as you read, issued this very sort of terse statement. Seed money, Peter. Yeah, seed money. Good but, faith but, seed money. But, but here's the thing. As opposed to bad faith seed money. <laughs> exactly. It's a bad seed. Um, but here's the but here's the part that Hunter Biden has never, ever, ever talked about, which is what were you doing for that money? Right. If he's saying this is seed money, what what is he bringing to the table in this, quote unquote, commercial enterprise in this so-called investment? What is he actually bringing to the table? He has no expertise. Right. I mean, at least Bill could speak. Right. <laughs> like at least, well, at least yeah. you get in an event, you're drawing people there. Yes. And so it's like a way kind of, you know, it's this is brand association. Right. Uh, you know, we talked about like uh, sports washing and right. greenwashing. It's like that's a way for I mean, it's literally what the Clinton Foundation did. Right. These right. guys, these shady dictators would launder their reputation on the global stage by being associated with Bill Clinton. Yeah. And so but this is not that. No, this, this is, is not that we want inside backdoor access by putting money in the pocket of the family of the former vice president and current president. Yeah. And there's plenty of evidence that Joe Biden met with Hunter Biden's business partners. It brings me back in history to uh, Billy Carter, Jimmy Carter's mm -hmm. brother. Now, I don't know how old you were in 1980, but uh, the answer is negative one. <laughs> so, so I'm showing but my I'm, age. I'm familiar with Billy Carter. He had like a beer company, right? He had a, he had Billy Beer. Yeah. But there was a scandal that emerged because Billy Carter took money from some Libyans. You know, this is when Libya, uh, Muammar Gaddafi, and you know tensions oh, with the United States. They're the ones that shot Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Very <laughs> problem. There you go. Major major national security threat to Doc Brown and us. But he took money from the Libyans and. There was this huge uproar, people saying, what's going on here? And, and Billy Carter's claim was, no, I'm just I'm just a business advisor. 
<laughs> to, to the Libyans. Yeah, it's it's it it is very similar. It's very analogous to me. Uh, the situation that you have with Hunter Biden, it does not pass the smell test. And the question is. Do the people on Capitol Hill that are leading this investigation, are they just going through the motions or do they have the fortitude to see this through? Are they going to subpoena Hunter Biden and are they going to ask him in a very direct and pointed way? What were you actually doing? How did you end up on the board of this Chinese investment fund? Would you have no background in investment? You know, you were basically given what's estimated by scholars to be a 20 million dollar stake. Based on what? Right. Based on what? And that pattern is recurring over and over again. And this is a guy, Hunter Biden, who got put on the board of Amtrak because, and it's in the congressional record, they said he, quote, he rides a lot of trains. Yeah, yeah. So and this is kind of how it's always worked <laughs> for Hunter Biden. No, it's very good. And I do think it's important. Like this week, the revelations are coming out. I do, I think it's good that we sort of see it as validation of the work that you and the team of GAI have been doing uh, for some time. And it's always nice when you have that validation happen in a very public way. Well, I appreciate that. I also think it's a takeaway that the, uh, these these new emails that Seamus Bruner, our research director, found, uh, the 10% for the big guy, is that the Biden family is calculated in the way that they make these commercial arrangements in that they are looking for ways to keep Joe's name out of it. You know, Hunter's going to hold 10% for the big guy, where in this particular case, the idea is not to have Joe Biden actually be the counterparty in this agreement with the University of Delaware. Let's have a family member do it uh, instead. It just speaks to the fact that they're trying to obscure where they're getting money from and who they're getting money from. And that is something that is unfair and I think dangerous uh, to the American people. And all the more reason why it's so important what they're doing. And just remember, there's a reason why Joe Biden thinks Hunter Biden is the smartest guy he knows. Because he's like, man, he's got me 10%. <laughs> right, exactly. He's got my name off these UD disclosures. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a brilliant arrangement if it were not so unethical, dirty, and um, potentially, I'm not saying it necessarily is, but the way they do these things illegal right. as well. Well, you've listened to another episode of The Drill Down. We appreciate you always taking the time. We know your time is valuable. You can find our reports and our research and this podcast on The Drill Down. You can also find The the Drill Down podcast uh, wherever fine podcasts can be found. Until next week, thank you for joining us.